Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And to get our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. We started talking about the fundamentals of faith. The fundamentals of faith. And looking again at the subject of faith and making sure that we remind ourselves the basics. There are certain basic things in life that you can never outgrow. For instance, how many of you are, don't raise your hand, but how many of you, you are about 30 years old, above 30, and you woke up last month and told yourself, you know what, I've been brushing my teeth for the last... 30 years I I think I need a break For 2 weeks How many of you have ever tried that? Anybody has tried it? (laughs) Praise the name of the Lord Or you just tell yourself You know They are complaining right now Things are getting scarce I want to preserve water So for the next one month I'm not going to have my bath uh, because at least I've been baiting for 30 years. How many of you know if you've been baiting every day for 30 years? That's quite some time. And so for the next one month, you declare no bath month. <laughs> so there are certain things that you can never outgrow. Tell your neighbor there are certain things you cannot outgrow. The subject of faith, you cannot outgrow it. You cannot know it to the point where you say, I, I know it now. Many people in life, and you know, that's what I was teaching the the teenage church today about in the life leadership class. I was teaching them from the book of Proverbs that many people make wrong choices in their life and they end up blaming God. Many people, in fact, the amplifiers say, ruin their life. The message translators say, many people make stupid decisions. Why does God get blamed? And the subject of faith, many people do not take the time to study the subject of faith. And they end up blaming God that their faith is not working. Praise God. So we are going to, again, like last Sunday, go through the basics of faith again. Let's look at some myths. Or some things people think about faith that's not true. Myths are things, stories you've heard long and long and long. You almost believe them to be true, but they are not true. How many of you heard that when India and Nigeria played football, India beat Nigeria 99-1? How many of you remember that story? Did you hear that story? Did you tell somebody that story? 
You see how many things you spread in your days of ignorance. We heard that story. We, all grow, we don't know how that story survives every generation, but it does. But it's not true. Praise God. So, there are certain myths about faith. The first one is people say faith comes from trials. They say faith comes from trials. That God is trying you and trials build your faith. And that is wrong. It's not true. And the quote, 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 7, that's the scripture some people quote to talk about trials build your faith. But the problem is, they read 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 7, and how many of you know before you get to verse 7, there's verse 1 to 6? I didn't hear you? Alright, so let's read it. 1 Peter chapter 1 and when you <laughs> and that's why it's important to study the word of God in the context with which the word of God is written. So go to first Peter chapter one verse seven. We'll just read verse seven first. It says, So that the proof right, first Peter one seven, so that the proof now the word proof there in the Greek, pay attention carefully to this now. Is genuineness so that the genuineness now the King James Version uses the word trial, it says, So that the proof or the trial of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. What faith is he talking about here? He's not talking about the faith to receive from God. He was talking about the faith of salvation. The reason being that this later, uh, Peter was writing to the saints that were persecuted and dispersed. Now, go to verse 1, 2 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. He says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who reside as aliens, that's foreigners, they were scattered from Jerusalem, okay? Scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, who are chosen. So he was talking about the saints that were scattered by persecution. So he says, uh, what you're going through is proving the genuineness of your faith. It's not trials that builds faith. In fact, there are trials that make people lose faith. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's like some people ignorantly say, God is giving me this sickness to teach me a lesson. God is giving you sickness to teach a lesson. You now went to the doctor to take it out. Why are you a stubborn child? If God is giving you the sickness, he says, through this sickness, God is teaching me lesson. Then there's no need to go to complete the class. You see, let me tell you, uh, things like that hinder your faith. Wrong belief will do much damage to your faith than anything else. Praise God. So, when you read on, that's not our concern today, but when you read on in this whole verse 1 to 6, it was talking about the saints that were persecuted and what they were going through because of their faith. 
So he says, that which proving the genuineness of your faith, because you're not denying Jesus when your faith is tested. That was talking about the faith for salvation. So trial does not build faith. You know, sometimes people have gone through a lot in life and they say, you know what? I've gone through a lot in life. Nothing moves me. You see, what you have just... That's not faith. You know you can beat a child. You can flog a child and flog a child and flog a child until when next the child commits offense. You say, come here, we flog you. The child will just come and will just... Do you understand that? Yeah, that's what has happened. You've just developed tough skin to life, but that does not equate to faith. And remember I said on Sunday, strong will is not faith. And that's very important. Strong will is not faith. Praise God forevermore. Are you still here? Are you here? Number two, people have this myth that testimonies build faith. They think testimonies build faith. No. Testimonies do not build faith. Testimonies inspire us, but do not build faith. And, and it's a very thin line because you hear people share testimonies and all the people want to copy those same testimonies or have those same testimonies. They can inspire you, but it doesn't necessarily build your faith. So testimonies inspire you and let you know the possibilities of faith, but it does not in itself build faith. Testimonies does not in itself build faith. It can inspire you, it can tell you what's possible, but it won't build your faith. Number three, the third myth about faith is people feel walking or associating with faith people can build your faith. Again, walking with faith people doesn't build your faith. It inspires your faith, but it doesn't build your faith. You can walk with a faith giant and live in unbelief. Praise the name of the Lord. Are you here? So walking around faith, people can inspire you, but it won't build your faith. Many people have not taken the time to build their faith. Remember, on Sunday I said, God has given to everyone a measure of faith. Many people haven't taken the time. They live off other people's faith. And let me say this because, uh, and, and it's very important that you begin to learn this. Uh, I was, um, I think it, it's Pastor Mary that was talking to Caris about it. And uh, she was telling him, you, you need to start living off your faith now. You need to start building your faith in God's word. You need to know what the word of God says and start laying hold on it. Many times, we try to use our faith for adults who already should be building their own faith. And this is a very thin, thin line that some people miss out. If you are, or if you are already at the age where you can use your own faith, I can believe certain things for you, but there are things you need to take responsibility for. For instance, you have an adult who's got his own faith and his own choice 
the person thinks this sickness is going to kill me and then you are using your faith that the person is going to be healed God is not going to use your faith to override what that person is believing are you here? It's not a question of God, do it for me. It's not, th- that person believes wrongly. He said, that's why you must ensure that as people come to the age of accountability, they are rightly taught so that they can know where to use their faith. So what can happen in that case is when both of you come into agreement because you're believing the same thing. Are you following me? You can't just be using your faith for every everywhere. You, you know, you have a realm of authority. You have a realm of influence. As a husband, of course, you've got the authority in your home. You can exert your faith. But there are even things that your wife will need to trust God by herself. So your faith is not a, a blanket, you know, joker card that you just say, ah, what is wrong with you? I'll use my faith for you. What is wrong? I will use it. I will use it. It's not that way. And that is why as ministers of the gospel, we've got to train people how to use their faith. That's why you see a lot of prayers today going, I'm standing in the, in the commission of my father. I'm standing in the, you know, Jesus Christ, the scripture tell, tells us that there's no mediator between man and God except the man Jesus. The grace on your pastor's life can be of a blessing to you, but that's not the ultimate. That's not where God wants you to end up. Are you following this now? Come on, is somebody in church this morning? You've got to follow this because it's the fundamental. So how does faith come? How do we build faith? How do we build faith? Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. Like I said, we might be repeating some basics, but you've got to pay attention to it. If you can if you can develop your faith life you can use it to be of a blessing to someone you can use it to be of a blessing to your nation you see we can use our faith to believe for things on this island because the fact that God is brothers here and we are here it's it's within our jurisdiction praise God there are things you, you cannot allow in your home because it's within what? Your jurisdiction. There are things that you shouldn't allow in the life of, cho- of your children because it is what? Within your jurisdiction. You should know where your jurisdiction lies. So, faith comes from what? So faith comes from what? Yeah. I didn't hear that. Faith comes from what? Yeah. Faith comes from what? Yeah. What's the source of faith? Or what's the method by which faith comes? Yeah. Hearing by what? Read it. I know you know it. But look at it. Look at it. Faith comes from hearing and hearing it tells us very carefully the word that brings faith the word of Christ let me explain hearing is the method of faith 
But the source of Bible faith is the word of God. Nothing else but the word of God. Hearing is the method of faith. Let me give you an example. If I tell you, okay, pay attention to this, that brother uh, Jumbul, I hope there is no Jumbul in church. Do we have any Jumbul here? All right. If I tell you that brother Jumbul is a thief, Every time he comes to my house, something gets missing. I've I've, I've told you something. You've heard something. Right? Have you ever seen him thief? Have you ever... Is anything missing in your house? You know, because sometimes I would say people don't have faith. They, They feel like, ah, no, but I have faith. Let me show you what real faith is. Right? You've never seen John Bull steal. Nothing is missing for your house. Then the next week, you get a call and say, hello, who is this? He said, oh, uh, this is Mr. Jumbu. He said, okay. He says, I'm coming to your house. This is what's going to happen. What do you think you're going to do? Let's say you allow him to come. What do you think you're going to do? You're going to do what? Watch him carefully. Even when you say, I'm bringing drink in the fridge. You tell your child, stay there. If you move, tell me. <laughs> now, now let me tell you, that action just came. You already have faith in the word that this man is a thief. So that action was a natural product of your faith. If you are struggling to have faith actions, you haven't heard. I told you the story. I published a magazine... I, I just came to the island then and I published a magazine about a female pilot, Rwanda female pilot. You know, I published it as an inspiring story to inspire young girls that they can strive. Then I was to preach in Uganda. I think I have the picture of that pilot. I was to preach in Uganda, uh, flying Kenya Airways. And the flight was delayed for maybe eight hours. And then we finally boarded. And I saw this woman who was not very tall, small stature. She just showed up. She said, oh, I'm sorry this flight is delayed, but we are going to make it on time. You know, so I thought she was the air hostess. But I noticed that she's got the pilot's shirt on. She's got white and the pilot rank. So I, I wanted to clarify. So I asked the air hostess, one of the hostess, I said, is that the pilot? He said yes. <laughs> In my mind, I said, and I've entered. I mean, this was a big Boeing 737-800 series carrying over 200 people. Big plane. Big plane. Small lady. And we were already late. You know what that means. I prayed in tongues all through. But I just published a magazine that a woman can be a pilot. I didn't believe what I published. (laughs) That's called mental ascent. Your mind agrees, but in reality, your heart does not believe. E.W. Kenyon said, the devil has sold the church what looks like faith, but is not faith. 
is mental ascent. Can you see that? Even though I had published a magazine, a, a lady, now I am in a plane that is going to be flown by a pilot and fear gripped my heart. So that shows you that you can say you believe things, but you really do not. Because real Bible faith is believing with the heart, not just the mind. So a lot of times when people say, I believe, I believe, if you test that belief, they don't. I come on, are you here? I don't know if it's true, but I've watched it. I don't know if it's true, but I don't know if it's true. You know, things in social media, you have to just be sure. But I've watched these adverts of, uh, I don't know if it's true actually. <laughs> but I watched this video of, they said, well, it's the, um, the president of Mercedes Benz, the CEO of Mercedes Benz. They developed a bulletproof car. And then he needed to be tested. So he got in for it to be tested. I don't know if it's true, but I, I've watched it. That's what faith is. Faith is when you believe something, you act it out. So most times when people say, I have faith, it's just mental assent. Praise the name of the Lord. Are you still here? All right. So, faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. So, listen to this very carefully. The source of faith is the word of God. If you have less time for the word, then you're not ready to grow your faith. Many people don't want to spend time in the word, so they can't get faith. And what you hear constantly is what breeds faith in your heart. If you hear something long enough, long enough, long enough, long enough, long enough, long enough, you're going to believe it. That's how the human heart is, is designed to be. A lot of things we believe today are the things we have heard long enough. Praise God. Are you still here? So, whatever you feed your heart in. And when people say they don't have faith, it's just a lie. They already have faith, but they have chosen what to have their faith in. You know, most times, you know, people have faith in doctors. I don't have anything against doctors, but people have faith in doctors, right? You just sit before a doctor. And he says, what's wrong with you? Say, describe it for me. Say, oh, when I walk in the morning, I'll be seeing yellow. Then in the evening, my eye will be doing me up and down, up and down, up and down. I say, oh, okay. Say, you have this disease. Say, ah. Then the doctor says, uh, don't eat nine o'clock anymore. Eat before eight. You realize that for the rest of your life, once they bring food, say, what's the time? Nine. Say, doctor said I should not eat by nine. Am I right? What do you think that is? Huh? That's faith. That's faith. You have faith in the words of a doctor. And you know it can be a lie. It can be a lie. It can be a wrong diagnosis. Yeah. It can be a wrong diagnosis. But how did you even know that that doctor is qualified? I'm asking you. That doctor, how do you know he's qualified? Eh? Who told you? <laughs> have you have you ever gone to any hospital and you ask the doctor, please, can you show me your certificate? I want to know if you have you. So how do you know that that doctor is not fake? 
is the establishment. You have faith. It's just that it is only God's area that you don't have. But for other areas of your life, you have faith. You, you saw a style on Instagram. Say, I, I like this style. It fits my shape. You snapped it. You now met a woman who said she learned tailoring. Right? She now says, we don't start anything except half payments. You withdrew money from your bank. Give to her. Give her material. Right? Give her picture. Then you told your friend that this wedding we are going to is this style that I'm bringing. The shirt you haven't seen. But you have already bought a purse that you would use with that. You say, this shirt is this purse that matches it. You have bought shoes. How do you know that the, the lady will get the shirt out the same way? That's faith. You, you just believe. Praise the name of the Lord. And when you have heard very, for a very long time, this lady is good, this lady is good, this lady is good, what happens? You now take your clothes to that lady. What have you just exercised? Why do you believe that this disease will kill you? Because you have heard of many people who died with the disease. So when they say, you have this, you say, which one? Say, that one. Say, hey, I don't die. (laughs) Why did you say that? You have heard, you have heard that this disease does what? Kills. What is that? It's fate. Your problem is not that you don't have faith. You have it in the wrong things. So the challenge is getting it on the word of God. That's where the problem is. Because every time you try to get it on the word of God, the things you are seeing fight your faith. So you, you cast your care on God. You pray about something. And I say, but this is Nigeria. When you have done something, you have to, to, to walk behind it. So you, you are trying to help God. Because you know God does not know that this is Nigeria. You know in heaven they don't do things like this. So God is not aware. So you have to tell him. Say God this is how we do it. So you know that you are God. You have never been in Nigeria. So how, how we do our things here is you answer your part. I answer my part. Both of us. is one hand wash hand. The hand will become clean. It's God you are telling parable. You are telling God parable. And, 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 and that's why you see that. Believers have a double life because they have not been rooted in the fact that if God cannot get this to me, then let it be that way. They haven't been, they haven't been established in that fact. Are you still here? We're talking about how to get Bible faith. No other way by the word of God. If you are too lazy to feed on the word, you're too lazy to grow your faith. It don't come any other way. It don't come by the laying on of hands. It don't come even by much prayer. That's why most people pray in unbelief. Because it's the word of God that should guide your prayer life. You know, uh, uh, of, of late, I, I, I began, as I mean, most of the things that I teach, uh, some of the things that God is dealing with me about, even the songs we sing, you know, we don't pay attention to them. 
But you know, we sing songs that are embalmed in unbelief. We sing songs that are filled with unbelief, that positions us as a victim in life. We sing songs that appeal to our victim emotions. He said, I just like the song. Praise the name of the Lord. If it's not the word of God, it will not give you faith. Faith in God or faith in anything is built by hearing. Consistent hearing is the method of acquiring faith. Write that down. Consistent hearing is the method of acquiring faith. Consistent hearing is the method of acquiring faith. If you keep hearing about something long enough, your faith is going to be built up in that thing. Praise God. Are you in church this morning? I've traveled a little bit in this life. Just a little bit. There's much more travel ahead of me. But I've gone to African countries. I want to mention names. That are worse than Nigeria. Worse. Economically worse than Nigeria. Corruption worse than Nigeria. Some African countries. Economically worse. Even with this current economy, we are still way better than some African countries. But you know that every, almost every Nigerian feels Nigeria is the worst place on earth. And you know the simple reason why? That's what we hear constantly. I have friends in South Africa that have to cancel Sunday services because there is no light. So there are places in South Africa right now that they are rationing lights. But you don't hear that in the news. But we've heard about how bad the nation is, how bad it is, how bad it is, how bad it is, that unconsciously that's our belief system. Praise God. If you keep feeding on what is wrong, that's what your faith will be built on. And I say this, you cannot overcome what is wrong by feeding on what is wrong. That's not how to overcome it. This laziness to the word of God is why there is no faith in your heart. Bible faith comes by one method, hearing God's word. And if you know that Bible faith comes by hearing God's word, you will prioritize the word of God. Any challenge in your life, any area you're struggling, if you will feed on the word of God long enough, it will produce faith. Praise the name of the Lord. In Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8, let me show you some examples. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. Remember we're looking at the basics. Ephesians 2 8. It says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. So salvation is by what? Faith. Right? The grace for salvation comes by faith. Now go to Acts 11. Go to Acts chapter 11. P. 
Peter was reporting how Cornelius was saved, how he went to the house of Cornelius to preach to Cornelius. Go to Acts 11 and verse 14. Verse 13 says, And he reported to us how he had seen the angels standing in his house, saying, Send to Joppa, and have Simon, who is also called Peter, brought here. Verse 14. And he will speak words to you by which you will be saved. Did you see that? Remember what we read in Ephesians. It says, You are saved by what? By faith. Right? Now, how did the faith for salvation come to Cornelius? Words needed to be spoken. So, listen to me. Words are conveyors of faith. Words are conveyors of faith. That is why the truth of the matter is, the scripture says, out of the abundance of a man's heart, the mouth speaketh. What you are speaking is what you really believe. What you are saying is what you really believe. Hallelujah. Come and I said hallelujah. And if you want to change what you are saying, change what you feed your mind. Change what you feed your mind. What you feed your spirit. Gloria Copeland said, if you put the word of God in your heart when you don't need it, it will come out of your mouth when you need it. These things are natural. It will, you, you naturally be emboldened. You naturally have faith. You know, one of the areas that the Lord has helped me a lot in my own personal life is faith for finances and faith for health. And, and the reason why um, faith in the area of finances and health are very, I'm, I'm very proficient in those areas is because I mean, like you heard my story, getting into the ministry, provision was a big deal for me. And growing up as a child, I was very sickly. And so I spent time, I spent time feeding on the word of God for provisions. If there is nothing in this life that bothers me, it's the fact that supplies will come. It's the easiest thing for me to believe. It doesn't even cross my mind that we will not have the supplies. It's, there's no room for there for that in my life. Where divine health is concerned, that's it. And of late, I, I realized that I've been having some kind of pains here, little stuff here, little stuff here. And I was checking, and I realized that, you know, my feeding on divine healing has reduced drastically. And so I went back to basics. Because let me tell you something. Every faith you're putting in your heart right now, you're using it. You're using your faith. And it can be depleted. You know, Jesus says, virtue has gone out of me. That means virtue left him. I remember one time we were trying to deal with something in the office. And we say, oh, we need this, we need this. I just told them, I don't have extra faith for that. My faith is locked on something. I, I, I can't believe for that anymore. My faith is locked on what I'm believing God for. And that's how some of us will get there. We want to talk about the specificity of faith. Some of you, you just believe for this. Tomorrow you are believing for this. Tomorrow you are believing for this. To, the next day you say, which I have forgotten. Anyone that God bring, whatever God bring is good for you. You're just scattered in your faith walk. Just scattered. There's some of you are believing for something. It is so heavy, you now realize, let me reduce it for God. I don't even know whether they have enough in heaven. Now, okay, God, don't worry about that. That one I said last year, forget it, forget it. Bring something small. No. No. 
You see, get to walk in your faith. There is nothing that your faith will not produce for you. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. You know, when Pastor Mary was believing for a car, I mean, we believed for that car for like two years. She kept saying, I'm trusting God for a car to use for outreach. I'm trusting God for a small car. I'm trusting God for a small car. And she got the small car. So I told her next time, that word small. You'll be checking it. This is what you want, but you know, so I showed her a very small car we saw somewhere. And I said, if you were not careful, this is the type you would have gotten. <laughs> but can you wait for two years for it? Huh? And that's why right now you should start using your faith for little things. Let me tell you. Let me just go to the, towards the end of my message. Start believing for things that you, even though you have the money, tell yourself, I will not use the money to buy it. You know, I was believing for a particular type of phone. You know, I was believing for it. I was believing the thing was not coming, so I went to buy it. So, when people tell me, I will say, this is my Ishmael. I, it, I, it's Ishmael. I could not wait for Isaac. Now, the phone is giving me problems now. I know. So I don't complain to anybody because I could not wait. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, there are things you should just believe for. What are you doing? You're exercising your faith. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You don't need to start out with believing God for a house. At least believe for transport to show up in church every Sunday. And let me tell you, if you don't use your faith, the day you need to use your faith, you will know how to use it. These things are not, they are not magic. They are not mystical. They are proven truths of God's word. Use your faith to believe for customers. Use your faith. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Learn to use your faith. And remember what I said. It's not just saying, I know customers will come. I know my God will not disappoint me. I know the God I serve will not put me to shame. What are you, you are joking. What does that mean? Is that faith? You are just saying nice words. That's not faith. Nice quotable quotes are not faith. What scripture are you standing on? What word are you standing on? What promise are you standing on? So faith is not just saying nice things about your life and you expect them to come to pass. I know in this life I will not beg. How do you know? I just know. Jehovah is, is backing me. Backing you how? You know, people. I mean, some like Christians are funny. They just they just say things, and they now get angry. Why the things are not working? What word are you standing on? What promise are you standing on? Or you're just saying nice things? Do you have the word of God? Have you heard the word of God where that is concerned? For salvation, words needed to be heard for him to be saved. Praise God. Let me show you something. Faith for healing, Acts chapter 14. Let's look at faith for healing, Acts chapter 14. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Acts chapter 14, verse 7 to 10. Acts 14, 7 to 10. And there they continue to preach the gospel. Pay attention to that. The gospel, the word of Christ. Remember, Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. This man was listening to Paul as he spoke. Who when he has fixed his gaze on him. Pay attention to this. And had seen he had faith to be made well. How did this man have faith to be made well? He heard Paul preached. 
That's why when we're teaching in church, we say pay attention. Because what are you doing? As I'm teaching you God's word right now, I am feeding your faith. You're getting your faith pumped up. Praise God. He says, when he had fixed his gaze on him and had seen that he had faith to be made well, said with a loud voice, stand upright on your feet. And he leaped up and began to walk. How did this man get up and began to walk? He heard Paul preach the message, the gospel. When he was hearing the gospel, do you have the King James Version? I like what the King James Version says. It says, Paul perceived that the man had faith to be healed. Go to verse 9. King James Version, if you can. It says, it says, look at it. This same head Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him. He was putting his attention on Paul preaching. He was putting his attention on Paul speaking. And that's why, you know, when the word of God is coming, you fix your gaze. You're not distracted. Because God is giving you words that will become promises, that will become faith. Praise the name of the Lord. A testimony of our brother here, one of our brothers here. I was teaching, I think it was during faith conference last year or something. I was teaching and I gave a word and he held on to that word. And he was looking like his job was not going to be permanent. But he kept, he held on to that word. And he says one of the services, God spoke a word to him. He, he held on to that word. And by December, he got a permanent job. He got it. It was the word. The man fixed his gaze on Paul, hearing the words as Paul was preaching. He was hearing as Paul was preaching. And Paul perceiving that he had faith to be healed. How did the man have faith to be healed? He heard the gospel. Your life is at the mercy of what you hear. Your life is at the mercy of what you feed yourself. Like I taught the teenagers this morning. Don't blame God. Don't blame the nation. Don't blame people around you. What are you doing to feed yourself faith? Don't just sit there and say, One day, one day, things go better. And things are in turn. When he reach my turn, things will turn. What, what, what are you saying? Are you joking with your life? How do you place your whole destiny on quotable quotes? What gave you the assurance that things will become better? What are you standing on? You just assume your life will go forward. You heard the law, right? Every object assumes a state of rest. Until what? Until Until what? Until acted upon by what? By external force. Your life will assume a state of rest until the force of faith is applied to it. Everything that will happen in your life if you don't apply faith is bad things. Sickness will kill you. Poverty will be around you. Stagnation will be there. Generational causes, which is everything they will hold meeting on your head. Your life will be going down and down and down and down until you use the force of faith to say no. The devil is wicked. He likes it when you suffer. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Even as a preacher, I don't have faith. I can die of sickness. The devil does not respect preaching. Preaching does not bring faith. My preaching gives you faith. My listening to the preaching and the word is what gives me faith. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This life is not a lucky dice. 
The man hurt Paul. And, and that's why I tell people, uh, we, we have this thing nowadays, which is very funny. When things happen to us, we stop coming to church. If this man was not where Paul preached, he would not have heard the word to be healed. You are battling with sickness. They'll give you confession. You say, I've confessed. It's not working. It won't work. That's why it's not working. The, the mother of Joel Austin, most of you know Joel Austin. You know Joel Austin's father was one of the fathers of the Word of Faith movement. John Austin used to preach for Brother Higgin. Was one of the, he was a Baptist. But got into the Word of Faith. The, the, Joel Austin's mother, Dodie Austin, was diagnosed of cancer. And the doctor gave her six months to die. She took over 45 scriptures. I've got that little book called Healed of Cancer. She took 45 scriptures, locked herself up, started feeding on those scriptures, reading them daily, reading them daily. Faith, faith welled up in her heart. The woman is still alive as we speak. Death has refused to come. She's got enough faith now. Healed of cancer, outlived her husband. Her husband has gone home to be with the Lord. She's still here. Some of you are already afraid of old age you have not entered. You have not entered the old age you are afraid. Say, train your children now so that when you are old and nothing is happening in your life, they can help you. That means the old age you have pictured is the old age of helplessness. Where your children will be the one to help you. The scripture says, in old age they shall flourish. Are you hearing what I'm saying? What will stop provisions in old age? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Where you are that you should live and enjoy. You have not built a house there. You have built a house in your village so that when you die, they will have a place to bury you. You see, your, your life is, is motivated by death. Let your children marry quickly. You want to carry your grandchildren before your eye go blind. Everything is dead. You, you, some of you are so afraid of old age. Praise the name of the Lord. You know, sometimes people see white hair on my hair and they say, Ah, Pastor, you are getting old. There's white hair on your hair. I said, hey, Will you color it? For what? I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not scared to be old. What, what's the issue? Uh, people will think you are old. It's, it's not what you think that affects my age. If I'm old, I'm old. If you think I'm young, even I'm old, I'm old. Do you understand what I'm saying? Your thinking does not increase my age. It does not reduce my age. There are many pressures in life. Pressure of the color of my hair should not be added. It's a cast all your cares upon God, for he cares for you. That's part of it. Some of us are just, you know, you look in the mirror. Faith is dissipated. Look at the pot. Faith is gone. Everything you look around you saps faith from you. You come to church, see people's cars, say, Hey, God, when? You're just, everything around you draws your faith. Because in your life, you have just told yourself, This kind of car maybe is not my portion. You've just zeroed yourself out of life. How do you lose a battle even when you have not started fighting? of the jaws shines brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. So scripture should be an anchor for your soul. I always say our tomorrow will be brighter. Our tomorrow will be better. Glory to God. 
you know, you can be so emboldened by faith, it's almost like you're arrogant. Because there's nothing in the natural that should make you make such a statement. Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. What are you hearing? Stop watching TikTok. Leave Facebook alone and face your life. Why are marriages broken today? Nothing. Listen to me. Listen to me. Nothing is making marriages break today unlike the fact that we have flooded our hearts with broken marriages. Pastor Deboy and the wife, they just celebrated how many years? Huh? You see now? 55, right? Did it trend? It didn't trend and you didn't know. I'm asking, everybody's looking at me. Is it not? Hold on, hold on. Hold on. God forbid. Let a preacher of his stature divorce his wife. What's going to happen? The enemy will make sure you see it. And you know what? If this man cannot hold woman, no man can hold woman. I'm telling you. Hey, 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 hey. You say it's true. It's true. No, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Every film you watch, there's somebody cheating. Every film you watch, somebody's marriage is going broken. And you know what? All the time it looks like you're just watching a movie. You're not just watching a movie. You're feeding your faith. And that's why I'll tell you, the number one reason a lot of single people are afraid of getting married is what they have heard, what they have read, what they have watched. Nothing else. Some people even say, it's because of the way my parents are. Are you joking? Your parents' marriage were broken. You expect your own to be broken. Why are you not drinking like your father? Some of you do, but do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> if you carry his habits, you would have his results. How can you say you are a new creation and expect your marriage to be broken? It's not consistent. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, please, pardon me. I'm not, you know, but you get what I'm saying. I'm just using an example. It could be something else. I'm just saying that whatever we feed ourselves in, the word of God or what the media portrays will be the outcome of our life. Whether it's the man, whether it's the woman. No, I'm just talking about women now. Are you hearing this? Do you realize, most of you who are very conversant with news, do you realize that America as a nation has got some good crime, very solid crime rates? Hmm? They go to schools and they shoot. You only hear of the big ones. Right? But you know that's not reported in the news. There is what you call media propaganda, which simply means that the media determines what you hear and feed you what you want to hear to control a narrative. The media can actually make two groups of people to fight in a nation. By what they put on the news consistently. Most news are doctored to control the populace. There is nothing you find on the internet that was not designed with an intention. That's why you realize this. Pay back attention to me. That's why you realize that in our movies right now, how many of you are beginning to see homosexual characters in our movies? Right? Some of you, you are beginning to see it, right? Gradually, one part is homosexual just gradually just at a point you just say it's nothing that is how it is who can judge 
and, and it's gradual. And then you know what that happened? They've introduced it to cartoons. Right? I was showing, I was showing Pastor Mary something. Uh, some uh, a, a, a school in the UK decided that from four years old, they need to start teaching these children to respect other people's sexual choices. So they've got a club where they teach them about homosexuality and all of this, so that they can be open-minded. <laughs> Tomorrow, those ones will become motivational speakers and will be inspiring you to perspire, to refire, and acquire. <laughs> and then, before you know, gradually, your conscience in that area is desensitized. In those days, when you watched a movie and you saw a homosexual couple, say, ah, God forbid, these people, what white people? Nowadays, you just, hmm, now what? Before you know, you are almost even kissing with them. Oh, okay, sorry. This is our you, you, you're just, it's okay. It's not, it's not, it's not appalling anymore. You know, we went, we went to a nation, <laughs> quite interesting. We went to a nation and um, we're in a country and in, in our lives, myself and Pastor Mary's life, we've never seen a place where people smoke like that. They, they smoke. When I mean they smoke is that you could, you could, you could be in the streets and do like this and pack stubs of cigarettes. Literally. This is not exaggeration. They smoke everywhere. Everywhere. Everybody's smoking. Kids everywhere smoking. You know, for us, even there was a time we were eating, we were at the restaurant eating, and we finished eating. The person next to us finished eating. Then the lady brought us a cigarette. She wanted to smoke. So it, it, it was affecting us. So she put it there. Immediately we left. She brought it out again. That's, it's like drinking water after. Now, I was talking to the pastor I met there. I said, ah, it's like the smoky lock in this country. And I said, ah, that he realizes that, pay attention, he realizes that it is when people come into this country that they tell him that people smoke a lot. Do you know what that means? The man has lived there for 30 years. He has seen cigarettes. The thing, the thing now is not an issue. Do, do you get what I'm saying? It's like, for us now, do you realize that we were complaining because we went there? Eh? After like one month, yes. it's normal. That's what happens. Why people lose faith? All this thing I'm saying ties to faith. They have heard so much evil, they cannot expect good. Have you heard people who did not even apply for a job? And the reason they'll tell you is that I don't know anybody there to push my application. Because they've heard consistently that if you don't know anybody, you can't get a job. They have believed that above the word of God that says, I will make a way where there is no way. What should the child of God do? You take your application, you put there, you stand on the word of God. That's how testimonies are birthed. So one of the things I want you to watch today is, what have you fed your spirit so much that you're believing that's not the word of God? What are you feeding your spirit? What are you feeding your spirit? And it's not that we don't have time to feed on the word of God. We have time, but we feed on other things. If you don't feed your spirit, you cannot have faith. Hallelujah. Are you still here? Faith for miracles. Luke chapter 5 verse 5. Luke chapter 5 verse 5. Is somebody getting blessed this morning? Is somebody make a decision to go feed on the word of God? 
Amen. Get healing scriptures. Start reading them. Start reading them. Feed your spirit with healing scriptures. Feed your spirit with scriptures of favor. Feed your spirit with scriptures of protection. Glory to God. And Simon answered and said unto the master, Go back to New American Standard Bible. Thank you. Luke 5 5. He said, Simon answered and said, Master, we walked hard all night and caught nothing. But I will do as you say and let down the net. I will do as you say. He heard the master say, let down your net. He believed that and acted on that. What was the result? When they had done this, they enclosed the great quantity of fish and their nets began to break. You're trusting God for a miracle. What scripture are you standing on? You're trusting God for a life partner. What scripture are you basing that that desire on? You're trusting God for resources. What scripture are you trusting? What scripture are you believing? What scripture are you standing on? What scripture has God promised you? And let me tell you the best way to get scriptures. As you fellowship with the Lord, the Lord will highlight scriptures your, your way. And that's, I'll talk about that on Sunday. Faith begins where the will of God is known. First of all, this is general faith. Get the word of God. Read your Bible. Read it. Open it and read. Open it and read. As you're reading, certain scriptures will stand out. Hold on to it. That's your, that's your word. Let me tell you, your life will not just become better. And that's why you, you find people today, when they serve God, they almost hold God hostage. Lord, I am a sweeper in your house. If I'm sweeping your house, you cannot allow my life to be empty. And that's why anything people do, do for God is very transactional. When they hold the broom, Lord, as I'm sweeping this house, sweep poverty out of my life. Sweep disease out of what kind of, what kind of What kind of life is that? What kind of life is that? You can't do anything for God free. Harassment everywhere. I'm sorry to say it's because preachers who are also not founded on the word teach people and they don't have what to teach people. And they teach people all kinds of doctrines. Because in the first place, you don't have a business trying to serve God for what you can get. He's done enough for you by salvation. And by the way, whatever you're trying to get from God is already provided for you. And when you have have big preachers on the pulpit standing teaching God's people and pouring them with, you know, ignorance, it gives the enemy a way into the people's life. Every time you hear it on generational causes, somebody's pursuing you, somebody's pursuing you. You hear that all the time. That's what you're going to believe. And over time, when you start checking your life, you will see traces of pursuing. I'll tell you this, right? I have never believed, I will never believe that there is anything any man can do to me in this life to take me out of this world. And there are certain statements you, you shouldn't make in your life. We are all in this life. You don't know where you will die. We have appointments with God. That appointment can come anytime. Are you, are you joking? For you, yes. For me, a thousand times no. The, the fathers of faith in the old knew when they would die. Jacob gathered himself and said, let me speak to you what will befall of you because I go the way of my fathers. Even when Hezekiah was to die, God says, prepare your house, put it in order because you shall die. Their death was orderly. And, but I know somebody who did not even know he would die. He just left. He did not wake up. Okay. So that somebody now should make us throw away the word of God. Abby. And some of these careless statements we make, you know, 
Brother Higgins said a story, very sad story. I think I talked about it in the Law of Words, if you remember that message. Uh, he went to pray for a brother. The brother was 40. Went to pray for a brother. And he was about to lay hands on him. And the Lord said, spiritual laws have been set in motion, which cannot be reversed. Try to pray for him. Second time, that same word came. And Brother Higgins did not understand what it meant. So he, you know, he just prayed, left the hospital, the brother died. He says, some few weeks later, he was driving with the younger brother of this particular man. And the brother said, I, I, I don't know why, but my brother kept saying, my brother kept saying, I don't just know why. I have this feeling I will not live past the age of 40. He said, my brother kept saying that. I will not live past the age of 40. He died a week to his 40th birthday. Some of you just say, I just have this feeling. And you are saying it. Some of you, you don't even, the devil doesn't need to attack you. It's just to give you a feeling. You will rush the feeling. Let me tell you, please, pardon me. Forgive me in advance. But you know, sometimes I have, I have a bit of issue with when we say as churches, we want to organize workshop, seminar, you know, women conference, men conference. We want to let's highlight, let's, um, what's it called now? Enlighten people. You know, people are having cancer, they don't know. We check people, you can check yourself, stand in front of the mirror, raise your hand, do your hand like this. If you feel something, quickly go to the hospital. There's nothing wrong with it. Right? But you know what? Bill Gates Foundation does that. All the old people's women association does that. Yoruba group does that. When you come here, we don't teach you how to find cancer. We teach you that God heals cancer. That is the only information you will get here. How to find it? There are many shops outside that will teach you how to find it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm not saying it is wrong, but KDCC Church, Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, we don't bring speakers to sensitize people on how to dictate cancer early. I teach you God's word. Whenever it is dictated, you overcome. That is my philosophy. Because you know what? They won't teach you God's word out there. And you know what I'm saying? If we are big on divine healing, we will see miracles. If we are big on divine health, we will see healing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And beyond that, the Holy Ghost is on our inside. He will tell us. He will perceive things. It looks good, but that's why we've also turned the church to a cultural organization. And we bring everything out there because we want to keep people by all kinds of activities, even activities that will enhance their own belief. When last did any of you lay hands on the sick and see them recover? When last did you see a sick person healed? But if I ask every one of us here, when last did you recommend medicine for someone? Some of you are doctors who have not gone to school. Yeah, because we are quick to. I'm not saying it's wrong. I hope you understand. That's why I say forgive me in advance. Right? I'm not saying it's wrong. But look at what you are proficient in. You're not proficient in divine healing. Because you haven't studied it. You haven't spent your time on it. You haven't ministered it. But you are proficient in native medicine. There are Christians who know more herbalists than pastors. He said the man, his father used to charge juju before they gave. But this one, he does not use juju. It's just that he puts it inside. Then he will raise it to God. He will dedicate the medicine to God. 
Then I went and pay attention to this man because I mean, you are taking mercy, mercy, and come now. You are not seeing me. You are looking at me now. You are drunk. You are proficient in those knowledge. You know the one that is working, the one that is not working. You know the one that used to work two years ago. Are you proficient in the word of God? Then at the end of the day, you say, I don't know why my faith is not working. It's not working because it's not word based, it's not fed enough. What about if you take time to study the word? And saints, let me tell you, we can't have it any other way. There is no shortcuts to this business. Hello? There is no, listen, there is no shortcut. If I lay hands on you and you are sick today, and you are healed today, sorry, <laughs> and you are sick tomorrow, what will happen? Do you know that even though Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, he died again? Oh, you don't know, you don't think Lazarus died again? Oh, the man died though. Oh, he died. I'm sure you don't know, but he died. Oh, he died again. I said he died again. Lazarus died. This time, no Lazarus confront. This one was really dead. I mean, I, I, in my mind, I'm just thinking Lazarus is dead. Don't worry. They want. Don't worry. Jesus is coming. Jesus said, I'm in heaven, no guy. You are gone. You are not coming out. What am I trying to say? Even the man Jesus prayed for that came from died again. It doesn't matter the, the prayers your pastor prayed for you. Eh? You will still need to use your faith. If I pray for you that you get a job now and they want to sack you, use your faith. That's how you realize that you have been so trained that every time you are in trouble, that's when you look for pastor. Pray for you. They want to sack you, look for pastor. They want to drive you, look for pastor. Because at the point of crisis, you don't know what to do. Oh, pastor, I don't experience favor in my life. Go get favor scriptures. Feed on them. Oh, pastor, I have fear. Go get. Oh, pastor, I'm struggling in this area of, uh, you know, sin. Get scriptures on righteousness. Oh, I just find myself, I'm very sad. Once in a while, I don't just know. Get scriptures on joy. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Until you, oh God, the joy of the Lord is so much your strength. It's the hard work we don't want to do. And today, even if scriptures are given to you, people are too lazy to read them. Look at what F.F. Bosworth said, the, the, the author of Christ the Healer. He says, some people wonder why they can't have faith for healing. Look at what he says. They feed their body three hot meals a day and their spirit one cold snack a week. Hmm? They feed their body three hot meals a day and feed their spirit one cold snack. And, the, and look at what he said again. I like this. He says, If you want to receive life and healing from God, take time to find the words of scripture that promises that results. Find the words of scripture. Meditate on them. The intelligence of scripture, the wisdom of scripture will begin to come forth. If you are too lazy to feed on the word, you are too lazy to build your faith. F.F. Bosworth said, Seeing only what God says will produce an increased faith. This will make it easier to believe than to doubt. The evidence for faith are so much stronger than, than those for doubting. The evidence for faith are so much stronger than those for doubting. The evidence of faith. What God has done in the life of people is so much stronger. The miracles, even in your own life, the miracles that God has done for you is much more stronger. 
than you have for doubting. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some of you thought you'd never be born again. You are. Some of you thought you wouldn't even have a job by now. You already have a job. Some of you thought you wouldn't be married by now. You already married. Some of you thought you would have children by now. You already have children. All of those shows you that there is strong evidence that God is on, on is working on your behalf. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Look at what he said. When your eyes are upon your symptoms and your mind is occupied with them more than with God's word, you have in the ground the wrong kind of seed for the harvest that you desire. You have in the ground seeds of doubt. You're trying to raise one kind of crop from another kind of seed. It is impossible to sow tars and reap wheat. Your symptoms may point you to death, but God's words point you to life. The symptoms in your body might point you to death. But the word of God points you to life. So God's word, last scripture. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 4. We'll continue from here on Sunday. Proverbs chapter 4. Are you blessed this morning? Is somebody making a decision to go back to the word of God? Come on. Is somebody making a decision to go back to the word of God? Hallelujah. From that one room, the word of God can help you build a mansion. The word of God can bring increase your way. Hallelujah. The word of God can bring prosperity your way. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 4. Are you still here? Verse 20. Oh, this is how we made it. We made it by the word. Oh, we made it by the word. We made it by the word. I remember in school, we would gum scriptures, put, put scriptures on our bed, put scriptures everywhere. We were speaking the word, confessing the word, eating the word. We had uh, four by four cards in our pocket. The scripture we're meditating on that week. We spoke the word. We confessed the word. We had confessions that we declared. Because there was no way out but the word of God. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. My son, give attention to my words. When you are studying the word of God, you are making your life. You are co-creating your life with God. Don't be studying and you are online and you are, you know, on Twitter. This, no, you are putting seeds that will change your life. If you get this, if you get this, it will change your life forever. Everything you see in this ministry is a product of faith. Everything. Everything you see in this ministry is a product of faith. Everything you see us do is a product of faith. Our kids are a product of faith. When, when uh, Pastor Mary was pregnant with Caris, the doctor told us that she had fibroid. It was going to affect the baby. And we took scriptures. We took scriptures. We meditated on scriptures. Spent time on scriptures. Went back. Went back to the doctor. Report was turned. We've had our own fear of challenges. We've had time where we had to trust God. We've had time where we had to believe God for what to eat, what to drink. We've had time where, you know, when we started early days in marriage, you know, Pastor, Pastor will go to the kitchen. There will be no food. She will begin to call for food, call for plantain, call for yam. Call, because you can just say, you know, I need food. And they bring dog food. So we call for what we want. Right here, we've experienced that so much. Oh, that's how we live. That's how we live. You know, some people say, oh, he pastor has a lot of money. It, yes, according to the word, yes. According to my bank account, no. But according to the word, yes. 
Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. Do the hard work. Your life, if your life is important to you, do the hard work. Pay attention to my words. Incline your ears to my saying. Do not let them depart from your side. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them. And hell to all their body. The words you find will become your life. Tell your neighbor, the words I find will become my life. That means, I'll pick up from here on Sunday. That means your life is based on the word you find. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Nobody can find that word for you. That word contains life. Your financial life is based on the word you're standing on. Your marital life is based on the word you're standing on. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Your ministry is based on the word you're standing on. Glory to God. Then he says, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. That means whatever you allow into your heart is what your life will produce. Thank you, Father. Let's stand on our feet. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Quickly, I just sense the anointing of the Holy Spirit here. Except for the service team, I don't want people moving around. If you've been to the doctor of recent and he has diagnosed you with any kind of sickness or disease from malaria to cancer to whatever... I want you to come forward right now. Lay my hands on you. The healing anointing will come. It will affect the healing and a cure. If you've been to the doctor, diagnosed with any kind of sickness. I just sense the spirit of the Lord say we should go ahead and lay hands on the sick. Any kind of sickness. If you've been to the doctor, you've been diagnosed with any kind of sickness. Come quickly. Come quickly. I'll lay my hands on you. The healing anointing will go ahead and walk in your life right now. Such a strong anointing to heal the sick right this morning. Whatever the sickness is, I'm not going to ask you what it is. But believe that when my hands are laid on you, the healing power of Jesus will come upon you. You might not need to fall, but when my hands come upon you, the healing power of God will come upon you. In the name of Jesus. And you just agree and say, Father, thank you. Thank you for my pastor. When his hands come upon me, the healing anointing will go to work in my body. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, Brateshkoro, we are acting on the word of God. The word of God says you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And I expect testimonies on Sunday. If you need to go back and check, once I got to the hospital this week, check again. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.